This is Kristen. And this is Isha. Welcome to I'm Not a Peach Crayon. It was a dark and stormy night when Kristen and Isha welcomed everyone back to this episode of I'm Not a Peach Crayon. Greetings, listeners. Maybe it was less dark and stormy, just like torrential downpours. It was dark. It was stormy. There was there's rain dripping from the ceiling, so... Yes, dark and stormy night. Like haunted house. We're in type. a haunted house. You know, we could. I thought about turning the lights off and putting candles, but that seems like a lot of extra work. Had I, maybe we'll do that for the Candyman episode, and I'll put a mirror up, and then we'll have candles, and then we can say it at the end. That would be very interesting. Uh, he better not show up in this apartment because he don't pay rent here. Yeah, I'm know. just saying. He just paid his time, his <laughs> debt to I'm, society. I'm just saying. Uh, so we're back for the last month of season two, and we will uh, be talking about the concept of black representation and horror, specifically talking about or addressing, I shouldn't say specifically talking about, but addressing concepts like black mysticism and spiritualism and things like voodoo and vodun and how they're presented or where their origins came from and how they're presented in film as well as the concept of the black character in general within horror from the beginning of Silver Screen till until now. Uh, well, we won't get into too much detail, and we'll try to remember to put all of our references into the Facebook page. But uh, I'm, re- I'm, I'm going to be really good and try not to like go into too much detail so you guys can like follow up with that on your own and watch the actual stuff as opposed to like... Hearing us blather on and on about details. True. One of the things that we did uh, reference, we will reference, is Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror that can be found on Shudder. Yes. Um, and it's that was by, very interesting. It's by Robin R. Mead Coleman. She's got a PhD. I don't know in what, and I forgot to check. But she based it off of, it was based off of a book by, and I'm starting to now blank on who the book was by. Uh, No, I think she wrote the book too. But she wrote the book and then she helped with the production of the actual documentary, I should say. Which for me was fun watching the first time I watched it, like uh, I think the beginning of this year or end of last year. And seeing a lot of the characters, because me growing up, I loved a lot of horror movies. I know you didn't so much, Kristen, but I love those things. So seeing all those people that are still alive and, and are constantly in horror movies and that, you know, I've had my say and I'll get into that later, but like seeing those faces and being and kind of remembering parts of my childhood and my young, my younger years, I should say, it was, it was kind of, it was fun to watch, but also to both navigate the, how horror movies and black representation paralleled the the what's going on with it especially within the united states i'm not we're we're not going to go too far outside of the united states with too too many just um examples but it did reflect society pretty well Mm -hmm. as i was watching the documentary and as you were saying how you recognize a lot of those people from horror uh movies that you saw i recognized those a lot of those actors and those actors from other things that i had seen them portrayed in so i was like oh yeah i didn't realize and then or i would remember bits and pieces of things that i had seen or had heard about and i was like oh yeah but the the mirror that it holds up to uh society was very i found very interesting especially going as far back as they did so you're like talking about like the 19 the early 1900s. Yeah, it was earlier than that, like 1913 or something like that. Because one of the things they talk about, which 
you know, when they said it, I was, I said in my head, you're right, was that the movie, The Birth of a Nation was technically the first horror movie. Oh, sure. Ever created. And if, if you don't know, Google it, you should know, but you know, we'll, we'll leave space for growth and understanding, but it's, it was created by, was it Boyce W something? What is the name of the director? Uh, I do not remember the name. Some white of, dude. Yeah, racist uh, white dude. Yes, but, but it was shown in the White House. It was the first under film Woodrow ever shown. when Woodrow Wilson yes. was president. I do know that, and it was a huge um, release, and it was very popular. The concept is just it 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 it, it heightened the the fear or the proposed fear of white people that the black man was a dangerous foe, especially for hungering for their white women. Right. And it was, and there are no black people actually in the Mm -mm. film. They are white people in black face in the film. But I will also throw out this warning as well. There are two films titled birth of a nation. The one that we're talking about is, well, we said 19. The other one is the other one is more recent, but just in case, you know, people don't read years. Hey, Mm -hmm. it, you know, people get, they just see, hey, it says Birth of a Nation, and it could be the well, wrong Woodrow one. Well, Woodrow Wilson. Most, we but said the it. most popular one would be the one that we're referencing right yes. now. Well, the 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 oldest one, yes. we'll say. I, did we watch Birth of a Nation? We did watch Birth of a Nation. I have seen that's bits w- and pieces of it, especially when regarding history. Um, no, but, no, no, not that one. The new one. Oh, I have not Isn't seen that the one, one where they're... I don't want to get off topic. Sorry. I haven't seen that one. That was I based we upon watched that one na- Nat... Nat Nat Turner's Rebellion. Oh, yeah. No, then we didn't watch that one together. No. Okay. And I would like to see that one. I do, too. Anyway. Tangent. Back to... <laughs> yeah. Back to Tangent the... Back to the main horror story for Black Americans yes. being Birth of a Nation and how that is still referenced and held up by some... As great uh, visual film history. Because when I took... Yes. I remember taking film in high school. And this is... And I... You, one of the biggest things I regret is that I never pursued certain artistic things that I found interesting, which was like acting and art and video, like in film. You realize you can now. Right? I can now. And I'm, I'm looking into how to like navigate that now for myself. But one of those things, because visually I love photography. I love videography. I love the concept of creating worlds visually. Um, but I remember being in my class and 90 9.998% of the films we watched that were referenced as like representation of what great film was were white films. Yes. And one of the ones we had, we didn't watch all of it, but it was referenced was Birth of the Nation because it was supposed to be first of its kind. It was a major motion picture, but all these other things, uh, what's the, what's the one with Scarlett O'Hara with the gone that, with the wind, gone with the wind. That was another, we one. had to watch the Eggman Bergman, um, one with death. And I'm suddenly can't remember the name of it, but all these films were always white people. And I can't remember at one time really seeing any films in that class that were created by non-white and very few by, uh, females, but non-white men. And it kind of like disinterested me because I was like, is this a, a role for black people? Like, am I, am I not just, should I, am I not a part of this community? And growing up, a lot of the horror movies that I love to watch would have either zero to no black people. Yes. Or black people were represented and brown, black and brown people were represented and even Asian people as savage or uh, mysterious or um, 
are just like these tribes people that were like rustic and rural and, and barbaric demo- barbaric that's the word i was looking for and demonic and that was the Savage. representation yeah i said that oh. that was the representation that i saw or we were always sidekick characters or comedy relief or whatever form or the magical sacrificial negro and as a kid growing up i knew there was something off for that because i was like what about us or this is how i know and, I, and we talked about this before black people in movie theaters we love to talk at movie theaters because it's we part of so this is my theory because i wonder about this part of my thought is that because we don't see ourselves there we have gotten to the space where we discuss what we will do in these situations because we there's no there's nothing there to represent us so we're talking like oh we wouldn't do that or oh girl don't go in there because because we know it's stupid we know it's stupid even though it's it, the, the a lot of times when well when you had me watch Halloween for the first time, mm-hmm. like I think a couple years ago, after all the years I've been terrified of this movie that I've never seen, and I watched it and I was like, "Are you freaking kidding?" You said that about Candyman too. Are you for real with this? Mm-hmm. Are you for real? And I, I wanted my life back. The time of my, I'm <laughs> my life the- spent, I wanted that back because I was like, when she was trying to get out of the house, mm-hmm. I was like, "Stop pulling the door towards you." Clearly, the door opens outward, but you're like to do this horror. You're I was so, like, you're, "You're so I was you're like, scared. You don't know what you're doing." No, and then it was like, and then why are we running to the highest point of the house when you can't get out that way unless you're gonna shimmy out the window? Like there are things that people people do. do in movies that make no freaking sense you know i saw and i wish i think i saved it but i'm not gonna look for it now it was on tiktok though and if i do find it it was this response uh where when black in movies you know you hear the person here the protagonist or whoever hears a sound then goes to investigate whether they're in like their t-shirt and pajamas or like n- no weapon or whatever and so in the video it was like when black people hear a sound, everything goes quiet and they just stop and, and they're sitting there waiting for, and they don't go investigate. And part of that, someone's response to that was like, well, here's why, or here's what my theory is. One, one of the reasons is because black people have conditioned to, when they hear a sound, shit's about to go down. Yes. And so you don't know. So you don't move, you don't make a muscle. You, you don't wait go and to investigate what's happen. because of that, ing- te- that sense of danger that's been instilled in us since slavery until now of like, I don't know what this racist mother effer is going to do. Or I don't know what this person is going to do, this cop or whoever. So if I hear a sound in my house, I'm not going to go investigate. Nope. I'm going to stay where I'm at, maybe get some weapons and you going to come to me and then we going to find out what's going to happen. Yes. Come, you'll come to find me. out. <laughs> you'll come to me and my firearm. And once you're in range, if you do not identify yourself as someone that I know, mm-hmm. may God have mercy on your soul. That's but, basically, but what's funny is that I had seen that video before and I laughed because I was like, yeah, where it just shows the people going oh uh yeah i'm not gonna go they just stop moving and then if there's no other sound after a few like after 10 minutes then they go back about their day but the second time seeing that with that follow-up response i was like yeah you're so right though that is exactly so going back to my point of i wonder if or my thought is that black people have developed commentary during horror movies especially because we're not in that context and we're like well this is what we would do in this context i think so and also like you said us being invisible like that's the only way we can interact or 
to have like some say, especially if no one is making the films or putting them out mm-hmm. there or doing a decent quality job with these films or they're use they're they're exploiting certain things that they think using the white gaze that mm-hmm. black people are like, mm-hmm. but they actually aren't. I was like, I'm sorry, but we're not so dumb like you were saying where we're just gonna go and investigate something or if the house is haunted no i'm gonna fight for the house like to hell with the house you can keep the house well that's (laughs) interesting because i wonder and i i'm trying to think of what i saw and i don't think i finished it um in time was this concept of like what do you do though because people of color we don't really have the money to just be like fuck it new house so i think it was a comedy or something where basically or maybe it was, I think it was one of the scary movies where like the couple had moved into the house and the ghosts were trying to get them out. And, and I think the, and so they were fighting back with the ghosts or trying to ignore it uh, and go about their day to day. And it's like, but that's the thing is like, could black people just, you know, well, leave they say that go- they say that about a lot of people, like, you know, a, pe- a person is not going to just up and they can't just up and move. But, but I would not you, stay overnight. I'd go to my family's house and be like, uh, we but even to- before is the first thing of buying the house. Like mm-hmm. you need to disclose all the issues. And if you tell me, oh, the house is ha- it's people think it's haunted. Like you got to do your due diligence. Like mm-hmm. what is going on mm-hmm. with this particular house? Like, especially when you get a nice house and it's for dirt cheap. Like it reminded me of, um, What's it called from Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, Country mm-hmm. where that house was dirt cheap and I'm looking at that house and I was it like, it was looking real nice that after anything? they, after they worked on it. But when you but first saw still, it, it was like, it's what a- is up with this house and why is it for so cheap? Mm-hmm. Like you need to answer me these questions and then, then I will make my, an informed decision. Otherwise I'd be like, you can, nah, I'm going to just keep going on to find something that's better within my price range. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking that house. Mm-hmm. Something is clearly wrong where nobody is taking that house. Well, think of it too. It's like, we already deal on a day-to-day level with oppression and violence and horror. So why would I want to come home to that bullshit BS? For sure. Why am I coming home for another fight after I had to, home is you hope is at least a safe refuge mm. from th- from things and unfortunately if, if you are black a black american so much that is either. not always the mm-hmm. case your home may not be safe as it's like a fragile safety because uh, you know you could church should be safe mm-hmm. church may also not be safe we've had those incidences any space where should be safe any, right mm-hmm. but we've had incidences where if you are black Mm-hmm. And in these spaces where you feel that you should be safe and are traditionally safe places for everyone else, that may not be the case for you mm-hmm. or for us, I should say. And it plays out time and time again, and then nothing gets done about it. This concept of the black experience and horror. And I was reading something. There's the the one article where they talk about uh, black female uh, mysticism and spirituality within the white gaze but in the whole concept of just like in horror and the black character you have this uh there's multiple point of views i guess you could say uh so not point of views so you have the concept of like the abuse and misuse of like erotic powers specifically for women but also for black men because they're 
you know, you have Kong and uh, Son of Inagi, which, and Inagi. I couldn't believe it when I saw that picture. I've never heard of either one of those. Yeah, well, Kong I've heard of, but yeah. not Inagi and Son of Inagi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the? Well, <laughs> Son of Inagi is supposed to be, is was the one that was black created. And it was a change to the dialogue because in that one, she, it was a black female scientist. Right. The who first was trying to create something for ch- to help mankind or specifically black mankind and something went wrong. And that's like medical science and all this other stuff. But the original one, whereas the fact that a, uh, a, a, a ape or some sort that ape had had sex with a black woman and this is the offspring with those ones that's specifically black masculinity and when you think of birth of a nation and the eroticism of black bodies and the reason why we should fear black bodies but then you also have on the female perspective of there's this um if they're in league with or if they're powerful in their bodies and powerful and confident in the way they move about there's both the eroticism to them, but also there's a demonization of them because there's no reason why you should be this confident moving in spaces, otherwise, unless you have a pact with some evil force. And so you have, um, was it Audre Lorde? And it was referenced in that uh, Where Your Voice Mag, where is this the idea of the erotic has been used as a means to justify the subordination and lack of feeling women are given. Um, so when you think of, black women in the medical field and how they're treated with less kindness and, and, and response to their pain factors because, Oh, you're, you know, you're inhuman, you're magical, your body can stand more pain. You can withstand more pain. Your, your pain is discounted, but also then your body is worthless or it's my property to do with, as I please, as it as, has been done with the Tuskegee experiments and other experimentations on black bodies during the time of slavery. Sarah, Oh, I I suddenly forgot her name, but the first black woman that took her body and like had it on display um, and her hair, her family was trying, has been trying to get it back. Not Henrietta Lacks, but this is, uh, she was taken from um, Africa and her name was, I think they called her Sarah or something. And they took her like vag, her, um, her whole reproductive system as well out and used it on display and it took forever. But she was one of the first black bodies to publicly be used and taken for science so there's a long history uh before we even made it to the continent of the united states of america of misusing and treating mis and uh, misappropriating black bodies for science for magical or um or to to use as a depiction for why we can colonize you or or take over you or oppress you because you're heathen you're savage with your immoral black magic and we need to uh, civilize you Mm -hmm. this colonized traditionalness experience it played a huge part on how black magic black mysticism black spiritualism uh black bodies are experienced by like the white gays also in that article that you were referencing by if i remember her name monica estrella negra she was talking about how it is a popular trope that justifies acts of violence against black women Mm -hmm. and that scrutiny turns to violence and the public forgets or condemns her for living a non-christian lifestyle or being too fast too confident in her power and embracing the erotic and when i think about that it's so true when i think about my own life and growing up you know first 
just being seeing things and representations of black spiritualism and it and being given the option of like unless you're christian then it's evil and immoral and not understanding that there's this whole connection in history of spiritualism that is for my people and my history and my ancestors that I was separated from. And, you know, that goes to that point of how colonialism, when they put all these people together and forced them to intermingle with other people outside of their group and their cultural language and stripped away their identities so that they couldn't revolt or like kind of gather together, um, or find ways to, of resistance. I mean, we still did. Black people will find a way. But the reason why they would like put some of you here and some of you there and some of you in this country was to ostr- uh, to alienate you and and or, sorry isolate you from your heritage and your culture so that you don't have the strength or uh, or the connection with who you are. And then there's also the carrot and the stick approach too, and also divisions by colorism, favors, and things like that. To, to continue to create these divisions to keep you to keep us separated so that we could not unify and, you know if you elevate some over others then you know I'll treat you well and all I'm asking for you to do in return is to betray everyone else that is like you and in your same position because I'll give you a couple of little favors here and that's the same thing that we can see being enacted even right now where you have um what what some say is like you've got skin folk who are not kin folk you know just because we're all the same color and we have the same cultural background does not mean that everyone is looking out for all black people equally some are just Mm -hmm. looking out for themselves Mm -hmm. and trying to get what they can get and others are looking out for trying to get everybody moving in the same direction to to get back a lot of things that were stolen and destroyed and taken illegally to get us back to at least where we should be and trying to elevate the entire group versus just you know trying to get Get, just trying to survive on your own right and we still see that you know getting played out where you know you had people who were supporting who support one group over the other and like the constant infighting and backbiting and things like that that you don't generally see publicized with other groups minority groups mm. unless you're yeah i won't get into that um we don't have to go into all that but yeah generally don't see a lot of it public like i said publicly there could be infighting within groups but we don't that's not blasted out publicly. we're not privy to it because we don't care as americans about anything outside of what's going on in our own country that and too. majority of the population is either wh- or the historical population outside of native or indigenous people because white history does not acknowledge them as a part of this country most of the time is black and white people so one of the things that i thought was really interesting is that in in black corn or you know, that you have birth of a nation. And then there's just kind of this period from like the 1930s to the 1950s where there were no black people in films, especially in horror. Part of the reason being that as you're getting more industrialized and into the Cold War and and technology, they could not see black people in these spaces because before we were just either the ignoramus running around or we were the help. Yes. And then so to that point, though, it's funny that in film, 
they could not see black people in those spaces where when you think of like the hundreds upon hundreds of contributions medically, scientifically by black and brown people from before the, the, the 20, 20th century and into the 20th century, like uh, the blood mobile and electricity, something with electricity and like, and lights and everything that we've done scientifically that has helped to, pro- to, push forward uh, uh progress yes technology. thank you to progress technolo- technological and scientific progress but they did have us there it the thing is that we were the monster or, well, or like the no exaggerated so my, characteristics. my i don't want to get to that point yet my first point was that we did not exist in the labs as the scientists well no because ones, we didn't belong in the lab right like even if you think back to that movie and they mentioned it in the documentary about hidden figures Mm -hmm. like how hard it was but yet they use black women to calculate Mm -hmm. everything by hand but yet they couldn't you know have decent jobs which is and that was that's the point i'm making is that at the same time where you have in hollywood and main pictures that black people cannot be in this space because we're to reinforce the idea we're not smart enough, we're not uh, as intelligent, you know, we're not the same level as white people. We're out here in the actual world creating these things and doing these things. But then to your point that I was getting to is that then we're represented as the test subjects or the monsters that exist in those films, like the um, the swamp monster one i want to say loch ness but it's not that one the thing i can't remember i don't movie. know there's swamp there's thing. they got all kinds of things but all those concepts or like when i talk about star trek in the beginning i one of my most frustrating points with both star trek star Wars and a lot of things that are sci-fi and um space is that why is it that you there's like one black person maybe and then everyone else who is a black actor portraying these characters are aliens you know what i mean yes like we can only exist to your point as the other we cannot be the the adventurers exploring space we cannot be the scientists making advance you know uh progress or or killing the monster discovering the way to you know fight this evil virus that's come through which you know you think of covid one of the vaccinations was helped to be created by a black woman yes and but they utilize that in order to be like, hey, black people, this is safe for you to take because mm-hmm. we know we did some horrible experimentations on you that we're really kind of sorry about. But in the, you know, but we're past that right now, mm-hmm. and this is all safe for you to take. And it was like, but you also use black people to tell us then too that what you were doing was above board, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. And and you still trying to like, you know, I remember when Bill Clinton, like back in like their early mid 90s or something like that uh-huh he apologized he made an apology for the tuskegee experiment but i was like so what else comes with that apology like apology. you killed people yeah you ki- you murdered people you let them so die what's gonna happen and you allowed these things you allowed syphilis to infiltrate an entire community of people so what's but that and that goes to the question that constantly comes up when black people are at the table asking for what are you going to do the reparations and when you see more and more conversations with people talking about it's not just financial it's institutional what are you going to do to rectify or make amends and help to to what's the opposite you know like create the opposite effect or to negate the 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 moral 
issue or not the moral issues but the shit that you created well even that moral and the yeah. consequences of of the actions that you perpe- you perpetuated mm-hmm. and the th- and the long-standing issue is well nothing um and it was so long ago and it was like it's not that long ago because some of us some people are still alive to remember that there are people survivors of tulsa who still were like no i remember what you mm-hmm. all did mm-hmm. and y- and they're like, oh well, we don't we don't feel the need to to, to, to pay to bring you pay back. everybody else, you pay people who don't even live in this country. You pay money to other countries. Yes. You've given money money to other countries. You've given reparations to the Japanese after World War Two and internment camps. Like you still have done right by most Native Amer- or Indigenous people. Uh, so we still got a lot of things that we need to fix, but. But true, but there's like there's this ongoing history and it's like but it continues to be this horror story for black people that continues to get play played out again and again. And then you hit like 1968. So before we get to that, let's take a break because we have there's a lot that goes on with 1968 onwards that, you know, when you especially when you get into specifics of like subgenres within horror. So let's take a break and then we will chop into that. So we are back from our brief break. And as I was talking about before, the 1968 has us with the film Night of the Living Dead. That gives us our first black protagonist, Dwayne Jones. And from the documentary, Um, what some of the people were saying was that it's the first time you see blacks that are not victims but they're the protectors or the destroyers and so here's this black man in this zombie film who is killing white people well not killing white people killing white zombies and and beating the hell out of white people Mm -hmm. um all the while trying to i guess save this white woman and keep keep it together and so um, what, somebody mentioned how the question for him could be, you know, or at least for the white woman is like, what is is it's is it worse for her to be with this black man who is trying to save her life or be out there with a a horde of zombies? That makes me think of that book or that story. Re- I I think we both referenced or I referenced when we talked about um, dark anthology, yes, dark matter anthology, because there was that end of the world scenario where it was just the black man and that white woman, and her first thought was like fear of what this black man would do and then when the mobs came later that was their initial thought too of like how could this black man be with our white woman in the end of the world the end of that film i'm not going to ruin it for anyone if you would like to see it but the ending i found to be a little bit interesting and kind of not surprising and it came around the time or it was released right after uh martin luther king jr was killed so there was a lot of meaning i got tied up to it whether romero meant it or not uh because he always said he casted uh was it dwayne jones because uh, he was a great actor not because he was black white or anything else he was just the best actor for the job but of course you know he says that he never thought it was going to mean anything but i feel like even when you are just picking and we've talked about that with blind casting versus you know casting for color even if he 
consciously was like, oh, he's just the best actor that I saw who come in and read the script to portray my character. I think subconsciously he had to understand as he was, you know, creating it and watching this black man beat these white people on on film and recording it was going to cause some sort of or, or evoke some sort of emotion. And then on top of that, after you had MLK assassinated, that added a whole extra layer to this. And something that I found really interesting is if you all, you should go on PBS, uh, the PBS channel for uh, YouTube, but there is a show called Monstrum that they do and they talk about folklore in different countries all over the world, different storylines. But one of the things they do is talk about the history of zombies because the ev- most of us think Romero first there's a few people who would know things prior to that, but you know, Romero is supposed to be the originator of the zombie. And then you have the evolution to like faster zombies and all these different interpretations that exist today. But in that, in, in Monstrum, she goes through the historical context of where zombie, which is spelled Z O M B I actually came from. Interesting. So one, and, and I'll put the link up and I definitely recommend watching it and watching the three part series. Because she does the whole spiel, but this one in particular is about the the roots in Haitian Vodun. Because what happened was um, you have all these people brought over from Africa, and a lot of them ended up in Haiti um, in the beginning of slavery. Yes, and so this mix hodgepodge of these different these different cultures and languages and religions and mystical practices are put into one place, and so like you know, the history you've, you hear in South America and in America, you, these new religions and mystical practices were created. One of them being Vodun. And so in Vodun, there's the concept of the zombie and that your soul has two points. And I'm not going to get into the names of it because I'll say them wrong. It was like T-Bonage and Gribonage. And so one is like your free will, your independence to think, and the other one is like the movement of your body. And so they believed in Vodun that for a period of time after you die, these things are chilling and there's the possibility that they can be stolen or captured. Hmm. And so when you think about the context of how the zombie was created there, because the zombie, the creation or the concept of zombie kind of started there, was that it was a allegory for colonialism and imperialism and oppression because what is worse when you think about slavery all day and night all day you're working you're a shell of a person you're doing the routine you're getting beaten and you're you're supposed to be expected to not feel pain but at the same time feel pain and keep and keep it moving yes and it's like a death within life and so what do people fear more is that what if you you can never really die that your both your spirit and your body could be enslaved that would be absolutely frightening. And that is what slavery was. An, an eternal death. It was an eternal death because, and where most people wanted to die, but there's also the concept. But So there's that part of the concept of zombie. And so they feared becoming a zombie, not so much what the zombie was, because there's also this idea that uh, a practitioner, what they would do to create a zombie, could do to create a zombie is give them like a poison or something that would make them kind of have the appearance of death. And then they basically would dig them up later and control their uh, their different parts of their soul. Mm. Uh, but that still kind of goes to the idea of like these people ripping colonialists, ripping these people from their land and from their culture, basically a death. 
and ripping then them, ripping and separating their soul from the from the from, body. From yeah, you've, you've taken them from their home, and everything that they've ever known, their culture, their belief system, their family members that may All still of be it. there, everything. So you've ripped their soul out, and then you've transported the body Somewhere. across the sea to force them to work in a land for people. And, and with no no relief and no and free will, nothing. You're just a yes. zombie working in this field all day and all night, all day and all night. So Honestly, either your that, soul or your body are that free. sounds like the the worst version of hell that you could possibly imagine. You can possibly put some somebody into. But the continuation of that, well, yes, for sure. And so when that she says, when they say that, when the practitioner she's talking to says that, you're like, oh shit, yeah. It, it it's almost like it's something you knew and you subconsciously thought about. But then hearing it out loud, you're like, Damn. yeah, like, but when you stop and really think about it, which kind of makes it even more infuriating because quick side note, mm-hmm. uh, f- recently, I think in some small town in Missouri, there, there were these, uh, I guess these high school kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's high school or like middle school or something like that, but they were circulating a petition around to bring back slavery. I'm sorry, I was drinking my water and trying not to spit it out. Yes, but that's what they were doing. And were they, they, these were children? Yes. How old were they? I'm thinking they were probably high school at most. Can we put but them they were, into slavery? And that's what I was sit? thinking. I was like, so does that mean that you want to be enslaved? Because for those of us who are descendants of people who were enslaved, there is no way in hell you're going to put me in some chains. <laughs> I'm like, there. I want to be like, okay, since you want slavery to be real, you're volunteering to be a slave. That must be it. Because all these people are out here going, oh, this is just like slavery. And I'm like, I feel like you want to know what slavery, because you've heard us talk about how terrible slavery is, but you don't believe us. So you want to kind of do like slavery light and test it out, but you don't really want the full repercussions of slavery. No, it's just fun to say like, this is like slavery without having any real idea of what what it is. I mean, could you imagine if so, if someone were to say something like that about like, this is like rape? Like, mm-hmm. honestly, people do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was, honestly, you're just they like, do. what is wrong with you? But but that's what they were talking about. Like where this whole thing of like, you can't even talk about race because people want to put it under like CRT mm. BS. But basically, we don't want to talk about race. Don't want to discuss it. And yet you have kids who are like, oh, well, it's no big deal because the adults are making no big deal out of it. It's all a OK. Right. That you can go ahead and treat people like this and without any consequences and repercussions. Time. Yeah. And I was like, so long as if you want to go back to such a great time, then this time you can be enslaved. And then we'll after 400 years we'll see how you feel about it rolling through the jeep for real uh okay so i don't want to get too far into zombies yeah. but i there i to lead up to where george is in the 1960s so going back to when we were talking about like kind of from the 1930s to 50s so at this time so you have this creation of zombie and then how it kind of how Vodun and voodoo kind of make it to America is because I think it was like 1914, 1915, the U.S. occupied Haiti for some reason. I can't remember at this exact yeah, time. It was probably something they wanted or somebody <sighs> they wanted to stop. More than likely. But you, so you have all these military people and, and, and journalists and stuff and they go there to this exotic wild. And of course, they bring back these exaggerated stories of people raising people from the dead and lifeless bodies roaming the street and dark evil magic 
And so in Monstrum, she references um, this one, or actually, so the the author of Horror Noir is in Monstrum as well in the episode. Okay. And she references this book by W.B. Seabrook called Magic Island. Hmm. And so in it, he basically went to Haiti, came back with all these stories about what a zombie was and how there was evil and black magic and it was immoral and and that there was this um, notion of the vulgar in voodoo. And so he brings all these stories back to America and then you start to have these in um, this inception in, in art. So you have books that were starting to be or stories that were starting to be written where it involves soulless, lifeless beings on plantations and, and zombies and things like that. And so a lot of where we get the bastardized versions of vo- voodoo and voodoo and all that is because of this, like, this dude with him. Yes. And others who come back with these exaggerated tales, demonizing evils of black magic and religion. But the other part of that, what's funny is that in the early after that period of time so in the early i think it's in the 30s or 40s this movie comes out white zombie okay because the first actual depiction of a zombie was not a black person even though the history of zombie is black it was a white person and the the original um so in the monstrum thing he talks about how there's this uh this concept called bokur which are these practitioners of vodun and this one guy says it was a derogatory term for like negative use of Vodun. Um, so d- depending on who you talk to, and I don't know the full context because I'm not a practitioner like that. Uh, but they talked about how there's a history of derogatory use for that, but basically malicious mm-hmm. intent. Uh, so you, but in American culture, the first time you see those, the concept of zombie and the Bokora are as white people. And so you have this concept, this fear, this anxiety of white America that this evil black magic can even affect white people. You can zombify and take over the white purity and bastardize it and demonize it. Yes. Destroy it. You can destroy the white soul with evil black magic. Exactly. So when you have this thought of like, this leads me back to Romero's movie, which is kind of funny because you have this fear and anxiety of by the white popular culture of black magic taking over and creating you into these zombies or being powerful and and malicious and intent. And ch- and then you have these white bodies being beat down or white zombies, I should say, being beat down by this black uh, protagonist. protagonist it's almost like a full circle of in like the midst of fear <laughs> in the mi- wait in the midst of the civil rights movement yes, exactly. where white people part of the clan are beating down and terrorizing mm-hmm. black people and the police are terrorizing black people exactly yeah it was a, it like, was used to help you know encourage segregation and and the fact that we were savage because we would do stop at nothing to you know be free of the white man's power and w- or take over well, your take act, your white act. or to take your white women and your and take your property and all this other stuff. Just be it's evil. a it's a it's amazing like how like all of this just like just one nasty like vicious circle 
it's it's really mm-hmm. it's kind of like that Ouroboros where it just uh, like yeah, it just keeps going eating, the infinity it's eating squirrel. Its, yeah, oh. the snake eating its own tail. Oh yeah. It's so let's snap towards like the 1970s. Black exploitation. Yes, cuz then we're getting to one of the movies, movies like Blackula. So that's one movie. of the movies where you have not just a black lead, have but you, you also have a black director. I would like to see it's Blackula. Good. I've heard of it. I've never actually seen it. Um and it was interesting when I was lis- listening to what the director was saying, but that the crew was all white. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, there were definitely problems Push back on the set. And he was talking about one instance where they were having, uh, in, in the film, they were having all these like young kids and they were supposed to be dancing. Mm-hmm. And so they segregated the couples into yes. black and white. And the director was like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing here. What we, um, and the director's name was William Crane. And he said, I want them to be mixed. And it had to go all the way up the chain mm-hmm. because Before. of that. And he had to fight hard to get it to, to get that to, to be done so Correct. that they could be integrated. And it's just like, this is how ridiculous this is. But yet these this, these are real things. And also with Blackula, I found it very interesting. So it's like it talks about how this man blackula and his wife they're mm-hmm. there before this at the inception of the slave trade yes. and they're discussing it with this white man and he's like i think slavery is good well they're talking about if they should continue it or keep it going yeah and, it, and black but like was, it was like yeah you, was you're like, right uh no he was like that's barbaric yes so you like the idea of being barbaric which it is which yeah. in and of its point but it's like that also the concept of seeing and they talk about in, in black noir of seeing black nobility and dignity existing you know in the past because if you ask most black people do you want to go back in time like hell Hell no no. if i did it would be in a time before colonizers even stepped i would go to the reign of nefertiri like there's (laughs) we didn't even know there were white people out there we were just doing our own thing yeah it was just yeah way before way before then i go there anything in between that time till now but there were other films that they mentioned that I had never even heard about. Like one was Abby about a, a black woman and how she gets possessed by an African sex spirit demon, sex demon. Yes. Yeah. Sex spirit. It's supposed to be Yorobu and like Eshu and like Kate, but then I was reading something about it cause I haven't finished that one. I started, but then the, the thing that was on got rid of it, but it's supposed to be, they, they didn't really talk about, exactly what spirit it was because it's supposed to be issue but then it's not it's supposed to be one pretending to be issue but anyway she's she's possessed by she's a church wife or a pastor's wife who gets possessed by this demon from across the world first of all let's that talk about demon like to travel did he, it have frequent flyer i miles? guess so no they never explain it but he travels across the world and possesses her but there's that concept going back to what we were talking about earlier about the eroticism of black woman so what's powerful about this movie is that you have this black woman out here even though she's possessed she's taking penises and names and just like dominating the 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 penis sphere you could say <laughs> and how they were talking about in, in the movie it's it's a fear of not just black women but mm. of black women and their sexuality yes it, which, and which is also what you're talking about earlier having been demonized mm-hmm. like you know they have these certain these certain things where it's like you know what was it in the article about you know uh there was a point where they talked about um two 
earlier, but this is 1980s, I believe, representations. Uh, one being Lisa Bonet and yes. Angel Heart, and where she's this young, she's clearly 17. She's supposed to be 17. But she, they over-sexualize her. They have her with blood on her titties and naked in front of this dude, and how she's supposed to be this diamond in the rough of, like, the ghetto or, like, the, right. the lower parts. Love interests of this white man to be to Mickey be Rourke. seen and basically ogled by Mickey Rourke's character. And then you also have uh I believe it was the character's name was Mar- Marielle. Yes. And so there's this movie called The Serpent and the Rainbow by Wes Craven and she's supposed to be this like doctor, this smart intelligent doctor but also a Vodun priestess, but they also just diminish her to this base of like she's just the black love interest of yes. and the gateway for this white character to enter the mystical magical world of black people and their eroticism well it was it was interesting the way the author of the article put it you know she's reduced to a tokenized prop for pullman's character bill pullman's character mm-hmm. to conquer and quote fall in love with while putting her in harm's way so instead of protecting so when you're supposed you just to throw, be her, loving, just well, throw she, her well that's the thing we're supposed to be to the wolves we're like, disposable okay. after we've been used and that is um so there's two points to this one of them being so with vodun and black magic and just also the appearance of black people within horror or in 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 the context of the world but it's like we can either be feared or used and then tossed so we have like something specific that they want from us, but they cannot see the humanity in us. And like, we're just a stock thing tool or whatever to use. But to the other point I was going to make is that what's funny is the book that it's based on, which is by what's his name? Wade Davis. This man went to, I forgot which country he went to, but basically he went to this country and was like, this shit is real. And he bought back powders from the country that he said like this is actually like you know this dangerous art and these are how they actually behave and like it's this erotic it it was just reinforcing this point of this black savage eroticism interesting well because with that the author uh, i think it was monica i I, if i remember correctly her name already um but she says as with most love interests in the history of white people picking and choosing the desirable from black culture, mm-hmm. it makes sense that these characters, which you were talking about, Lisa Bonet's character um, as Ephany, and then and um, Kathy Tyson, yeah, her thing. character as Marielle, that it makes sense that these characters were made to fit Eurocentric beauty standards. Mm. So even still, they are not, you know, being looked at for who they are. And the culture that they represent, but it's still being put through the gaze of what's acceptable for white people or what white people. Yes, like. which is what those particular two were not also created by. I don't think they had like black directors. No, but uh, one of the going back to what we're talking about with the black exploitation error. Uh, you had two other movies, which was Sugar Hill, which I had randomly come across two years ago and watched. I got to see that one. I, it's on I Shutter, it so like, you just sounds interesting. Um, and then the other one was Ganja and Hess. Uh, so you have two movies that were black influenced. One one important thing that I liked when you were talking about um, Blackula, where he was like the only black person in the room and trying to like get things done, was that with Ganja and Hess, they said at one point. They had written a script. They had a script written by like white counterpoint parts that were in there. And so I think they had to leave for some trip. And so what they did was they took they took a bunch of people, a bunch of writers 
up somewhere. They rewrote the entire script and I shot think it. it. Was the director? Yeah, the director who, did, but who like, was like, no, he took he, he took, took everybody, the, the and, crew, the and actors, rewrote the we and, and shot it. Yeah, while they were gone, and and made more well-rounded characters. And for Ganjin Huss, so in this particular movie, he's an anthropologist. His he, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but basically, he becomes a vampire, and it deals with the trials and tribulations he is experiencing as a black man and a vampire in a more serious context than I think. So Blackula did still do it in a serious context, but I think it was supposed to be more like but lighthearted. They were saying that, yeah, but they were saying for Ganja and Hess that the characters were far were far more developed. They yes. were so well-developed. And how Hollywood completely hated that movie. Yes, and they changed it to Blood that. Couple, which yeah, is why they, I couldn't they, find it for a long time. They cut it, and there was like, they recut it and called it Blood Couple. And so that was pretty much the only thing you could find. And I think Ganja and Hess was only found in like one place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was, okay. Only one location had the original, I think. But after that, you really couldn't find it. And but I would like to like, see the original Ganja and Hess. It's on, uh, what's it called? It's on Shutter too. Yeah, they have the original one out now. Um, so that concept though, cause you have both, he takes a lover in that movie too. So you have a strong, again, a strong black and, uh, male and female character and they take two very different paths on this track of like being vampire and like what it means to live eternal and take blood and, but also that concept of addiction, you know, yes. they address with that because, you know, they need blood to survive and if in my head I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times in the system, you know, they funnel drugs into our system and then people get on drugs to survive either having terrible pain or something has happened to them and then they're just like an endless cycle of that or drugs being funneled into their system, which that's all they have and that's all they know. And they keep using it because that's, that's yeah, what they need to like, survive. Uh, sometimes ba- babies are born with drugs right. in the system and they have to try to wean them off of it. Like, it's just so so horrible and on the other side of that you have uh sugar hill where you have this black female character who you have white people basically infiltrating her hood i'm not going to give away too much of but in revenge to a certain crime that they did she makes a pact and i don't know if she's i've watched it it was a long time ago that i watched it so i don't remember the details i can't remember she was like a priestess in already or she went to somebody i think she went to a voodoo priest okay to make i know she made a pact with uh I think it was a priestess, but she made a pact with the actual like spirit baron, something, something. Either way, basically she makes this pact for zombies to come take out the white people. So you again, so there you have, which is why I lo- have a love hate relationship with black exploitation movies at the time because you have a lot of great representations, whether in horror or um, outside of that, of like powerful, strong, independent black women, black men doing things for their community or changing things. But then on the other side of that, you had the the negatives of it being an industry that they that stereotype the stereotypes pumped out stereotypes for money, um, the pimps, the the violence, the the sex. When you mentioned that, it reminded me of a story that after Keith David mentioned mm. in where he was talking about Keith how David. he liked to wear hats, mm-hmm. and he had bought himself a hat, oh, yeah. and how this white guy was like, hey, pimp, and he was like, I think he thought he was giving me a compliment, mm-hmm. but he said, that wasn't something that we even said. Yeah. We didn't use, we didn't even use that. We don't and, talk like that. Right. And, but now it's such an ingrained thing, but that was because somebody else decided like, oh, this is how you act, and then pump that out there, and how popular it became. Mm-hmm. I feel like the night and then um, kind of after this period of time, you get into like the 80s, 90s. Now 
and it's been a slow development but for sure when I was younger I remember seeing so much and being like why are we just a sidekick or how do why do we always die early or like right before the end why do we never make it to the end well I mean we did have some that that there were a few but the jokes would be like oh we're gonna die in like the first 15 minutes or or and the last 30 minutes of the film right if we make it all the way through and then you had what they call like the sacrificial negro the magical negro and just plain old invisibility Mm -hmm. in being in movies you know just these tropes of you know like um it, like the example was for the shining for the sacrificial negro like this whole thing where that always pisses me off because he doesn't die in the in book what? and that which was mentioned he doesn't die in the book and it was like if he had the shine then he should have known he should have saw that, that was coming. coming for him the first and thing it was like door. how do you how do you not see Sorry, that coming? spoilers everyone well, uh, the shiny's been out for a long time, but well, there's some other stuff we haven't been that's been out for a while. But so. still, it was just like, Sorry. yeah. But you know, it's just like I've risked my entire life just to save you, white people, and right. I was like, we We're we don't think that way. But we, but in the same way, in a, a way, we as a black community, we keep doing things to progress humanity, and it's like we're saving you, mother. <laughs> and yet you continue to do these things to impede us or put obstacles in the way or murder us and it's like you and, continue with your trifling shit right <laughs> so that's that's the thing it's like but we are sometimes these these saviors to white people because we continually put ourselves in positions to do better and be better and it sometimes ends up getting us killed and so you have tokenism in that period of time where like we're the sassy sidekick or the again going back to the early 20th century of like the buffoon of like being the comedic relief within there before you die as well. And also the addition of being like the barometer against what the monster or the creature oh, is. Oh yes, the strong black man which right. goes back to so being if, Kong and the if, monster. If and- you end up getting beaten, if the black man or black woman gets beaten by the monster then you the know tough, that monster is bad the tough black one yeah it, and, but if if they sir if if they can beat it then it ain't that bad that makes me think of kind of almost like it's a monster off because they viewed us as monsters before yes. and so it's like when you have jason versus freddie kind of thing yeah. or Jason versus michael like that black person versus monster yes Yes, which, like which one black person if, versus black person? If yeah. if the black person can survive, then hey, you know, then we could probably take the monster this. or we the could. apparition or whatever it is. Then we could take it on. And you, yet yeah, you're sl- and now we're slowly getting into spaces where oh, one thing that I thought was interesting before I happened to more bet or into better representation of black people was like even uh, with Rachel True, who was in the craft. Yes, and she was saying that. So, so if you're not watched the craft, I don't know what's wrong with you because it's such a great movie. I yeah, I like the craft. Uh, but in it, I, I love it. I, it's funny how she introduces it in Black Noir because she was like trying to remember their names and she couldn't remember yes. the other characters. And she's like, whatever her name is, but but she knew at least some of the problems that they. She knew she, the problems so that they, they faced. So basically, each of them had to have a problem, and so she came in prepared with like I think she was supposed to be bulimic or anorexic. Yes. Um, and so they were basically like, no, let's make your issue being black. So they had like a two part for her being both bulimic and black, but it was like mostly, mostly about mostly about her being black and made it racist. And she's like, I we could have done this role totally different without race having to be an issue. But then she said later, there's this juxtaposition of like there were other 
little black girls and like i thought honestly when i saw her in that movie i was like oh that's so badass i want to be her like yeah we can be in a movie we can be spiritual we can be witches we can be like these cool goth girls because that was when i was also you know exploring my little goth phase uh but here it is again she she said that she saw this little black girl who was like you were this you're the person in that movie and like i love the way you were presented and she's like you made me feel that i wasn't you know the struggles that i had to go through i wasn't alone i also liked how she mentioned as well how about when she heard about they wanted to change the the character's main issue to being racism Mm -hmm. she was like no that's really not something that that's that's necessary it's not and she was she had to stop and think she stopped and later and thought about it and she was like i'm so used to having to to just expecting to be mistreated Mm -hmm. by white people or to have white people say terrible things Mm -hmm. to me she was like i don't even think about it and and because another layer of shit we have to deal with yeah it's overt or you know it's like we think about it but we're so conditioned to be able to navigate it right that it's like oh this is just the day-to-day routine struggle right and so she was like so it really was good that they decided to do that Mm -hmm. and to point that out because then she it it gets mentioned Mm -hmm. and she as something that she has to deal with because that's something that a lot of us who find ourselves in predominantly white spaces Mm -hmm. we have to deal with on a daily basis and what's funny is because for a long time you know not you know but there are have been black and brown women trying to reconnect with spiritualism and and magic and being told that that's like if you do it it's dark or evil or voodoo or savage because this is like the only way to be a witch is to be like this thin purity white like witch that you mostly see in in television um, or like these connections that like only white people can be witches only white women can be witches but if you're a black woman you're 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 something else you're the other and it was like no you can this is a part of your heritage part of this you know a lot of white centered practices in witchcraft take from black traditions and black and brown and indigenous traditions and utilize that so like why can't you be a part of it you are a part of it because this is your part of your 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 background and you mentioned the series juju and we talked mm-hmm. about that in our mm-hmm. in our season and see during season one we have an episode about juju mm-hmm. but it also reminded me of like the new charmed that's mm-hmm. on because i also like that one because of the different take that they, they have that. which is different from what the original was mm-hmm. i did like the original but i like the new one even more because it incorporates yeah like that because i can b- identify brown... with the characters mm-hmm. especially the character of macy which i'm really ticked about mm-hmm. what happened in this last season yeah. but i'm not gonna go there right yeah. now but still it, uh, it was something yeah. that it's a character that I could identify with and the struggles and having to deal with, which is something completely different from the original charm. Like I couldn't I, identify with them. I was just like, Oh, aside from the sister thing. I also like that. It wasn't just like that. They included different forms of magic. Too. Yes. It was like, this isn't the, what you've been told for years is the only kind of like good magic is not. There's this whole other realm and not even just black and brown, but even to other countries like out there. So, you know, be so explored and be a part of it and and understand it. And like these are actual represent accurate representations. And one of the things that um, they said in the where your mag uh, article that we post that we'll post is that it's important to have 
uh, representation of what is actually in that community and how they actually practice in their day-to-day experience because this is a part of people's lives and going back to the this interview this guy had in Monstrum is like this is our this is our humanity this is this is who we are this you know you take us for what you want you take black people's culture their heritage the things you love the beauty parts whatever you want of a culture and then you leave the rest or you try to destroy the rest and it's like and you fail to see the humanity behind what we've created which leads me to one of the articles that i found which was like who wants to watch black pain and i thought this article was very interesting because it was talking about a specific uh, TV show, television which show, which I still want to see. So if there's any, spo- that's why I, didn't um, there I, were, like, I don't think there were any spoilers about the show, but they do mention some things. I'm not going to go into the things about the show itself because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but just how like, and it was also mentioned in the documentary by someone as well that oh, they mentioned people them? are just kind of not this, oh. not the show on Amazon, but you. just how getting tired of just seeing like black people's pain Mm -hmm. for entertainment and they were like because our pain is reflected in everyday life Mm -hmm. like textbooks history books like you can see it like a steady stream of it from like during from slavery all the way till to present like it's a it's pretty much a non-stop well maybe i feel like it should be that black pain or or horror should not just include black trauma because like there's gotta be i don't know horror like the the genre there is pain and like violence and 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 scariness and chillers so it would be interesting to see horror that does not is not centered around the institutionalized racism that exists and i think that is because i love horror movies i want to see more black people doing crazy shit in horror movies or being in the neighborhood but it not be it not being because they're black in this neighborhood that people are trying to murder them just like this maybe this neighborhood is a crazy cult and they and moved into this neighborhood like, uh, and like they're like i'm trying to get out we're trying to sacrifice you sorry like that kind of thing because you see so many movies where white people are like oh we moved to this neighborhood and this started happening it's like, like oh, it's not things are going where things are happening well and i think that's why probably us i think was was uh, something that some people liked mm. is pro- probably a good one because you don't really get that sense. You get the sense of it being like a doppelganger kind of situation with us. I get that part. I wasn't um, a huge fan of it. But Get Out was different because yes. get and for me, the things that truly scare me are the things that actually could happen mm-hmm. in real life. That's why I'm and like, like and Get I'm- Out terrified me. I was afraid to go outside after seeing that movie. Like white people looking at white people scared me. I right. almost did not go back to which work. Which is one of the things I love about horror too is that like things that could be possible which then it's like well then black trauma is something that is possible and still is possible so it's 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 a weird balance line I it's think, a weird too. balance but also in the documentary someone mentioned how when they were in the film watching get out the the predominantly white audience that was there mm. they started to cheer for chris the black protagonist mm-hmm. which is and they were empathizing with his character which is and wanting him to survive yes and you Does know that not happened in them well i guess you're not watching but like but but you know that's a that's a change from how things originally were so maybe then where the black person is seen as the the monster or the villain to being 
I'm cheering for you because you're in a bad situation and, it's, and, and you and we need to get you out of there. Or right. just like how Lakeith Stanfield's character in the beginning is walking in the suburban neighborhood at night doing absolutely nothing. But every black person knows it's like, oh, God, exactly. Oh God. <laughs> Somebody comes up to you, usually the police, and you're like, I am not doing anything like the, the way you can get in trouble for doing absolutely nothing. That is absolutely that's frightening. That's, you could die because you did nothing wrong. It's funny because I just had this conversation. And I think I told you about it with my partner of like, there's that movie Two Distant Strangers. Yes, you did. You told me about that. And it's a short film. If you haven't watched it, go ahead. I think it's a, a sort of Groundhog's Day horror movie because uh, basically this black guy just keeps living the same violent occurrence day in and day out and there's i won't spoil it but basically at the end something happens and uh then they give you a list of like all these people of color who have specifically black people who have died and all the things they were doing when they died so and not like random shit of like going to the store or walking with their friends somewhere all this stuff and he was like the way it ended and then seeing the list of like the of people and how they died and for what and what they were doing he's like it was kind he was like it was really scary and terrible because he's like that's just messed up that and you're doing you're doing absolutely nothing and this can happen to you and i was like yeah that's what's truly terrifying as an experience of a black person because it's like no matter what you do you will always be doing something wrong. You could be doing absolutely nothing at all and you could still be a problem. You could be doing everything right and you could still be the problem. Yes. And so that's terrifying because going circling back to that, like, you hear you a sound and you don't move because it's like, this is the most I can do before before all shit go before right? like all shit to goes keep, wrong to mitigate how much shit goes wrong, you know? And even then shit can go so there's nothing in our control. So going to your point of black trauma, I want more people. I don't want it to go away because I want white people to be learn to be empathetic like that, to understand and see it just as a as like this is a character I need to cheer for. But I think there's a difference between of of how you can portray that like and get out being able to put the character in that place. So I haven't watched them. I don't know how they do it. It might be that it was terribly written. I don't know. It, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen it either. It it seemed like it, some people felt that it was kind of gratuitous and there was no real purpose for some of the things that were happening, mm. which which is if violence gonna... against black people anyway. So it uh. was actually poignant. Uh. Uh. I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I was like, uh. if you say it like that, I'm uh. like, well, a lot of the violence to black people is, 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 is pointless and, but... and random and it makes no sense. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I have to watch it yeah. and, and find out. But just just to be able to and Jordan Peele mentioned it in the documentary about how he was like, I made the film for everybody. But he was like, but I actually really made it for black people because mm -hmm. he was mm -hmm. like, if that was that was the goal, like if black people liked it, then it was a success. If they didn't, then it was basically I'm ready a for a nope to come out. His new one is just called Nope. And I was like, <laughs> when I, I like, saw the that's title, exactly what we would say, like, nope. 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 This, how many times round of raise your hands black people and people of color because i feel like there's a lot of you too where you just see a situation especially in a movie theater and you're like, like nope, nope. <laughs> i'm like i got all the hands right? if i had more hands raised i would raise them it, but it also <laughs> happens in real life where you see some stuff and your brain is like nope because nope. i can see that going totally wrong you walking down the street and you see an angry looking white person with whatever thing and, and you backtrack and you're your like, body I'm is gonna go the other way. right your alert system is like nope and you're like yes brain nope it is <laughs> like it is like danger 
<laughs> like right. you hear like danger right. it was like okay i'm out i'm out i live a horror movie every day y'all uh so i i still love horror like horror fantasy science sci-fi are some of my favorite genres to watch like i love to be scared because it's a release it builds up you know it, it releases serotonin it's actually very healthy for you to be scared because in everyday life we're so we deal with all this other stuff and so to be scared in a controlled environment is nice because you have that release that comes after you're scared and then you're like oh and you go on your life well maybe i need to work on it because i do remember grandma bailey she would laugh at horror movies yeah i still do because she was like they're absolutely ridiculous and now i see her point because when i was little she was like it's not scary it's really funny and I was like, I can see her point with some things, but others. There's other like, ones that are actually, you're like, I was just watching a Korean one. And I was like, mm, mm. nope. There was a lot of nope. <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. nope, 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 nope. Mm-hmm. But, but I will laugh at saying nope. <laughs> but as we will talk about Candyman, yes. I, I will go more into how, how my, how my, what my feelings are on that one. Yes. Um, I love Candyman, but for various reasons and nostalgia, but I also know it's, it's negative points. It's like exploitation. I love it and hate it for various reasons. But there was one quote that I wanted to leave off on, which I found, uh, I think it was from Blackula or maybe it's Scream Blackula Scream. I wasn't sure. Mm. But one of the characters said, a man has got to be able to see himself. Oh yeah. And how poignant that was because it was like that's the same thing for us like people have to be able to see us in human situations we have to be able to see ourselves in human situations that goes back to that point of like seeing the humanity not just seeing us as a product or a tool to be used but seeing that we are human and we have we we deserve empathy we deserve to be seen as equals and alongside whether it be in a horror situation or a comedy true and no matter and no matter what if the movie is good Mm -hmm. everyone will go to see it white non-white don't matter if it's a good movie everyone will go and see it yes because there's a lot of things that you even though i've ruined a lot of things for Kristen and many other people around me because there's not enough people of color and it's not just black it's people if i don't see the people of color i start to get like itchy there will be some shows that like if it's written well i will give you a pass because like if i can see that other people could be in this role or it speaks to me and things that i i enjoy or know or realize and, and it incorporates that then i will i will i will enjoy it you know but if it blatantly just excludes people and then or stereotypes or or falls back onto the familiar prof- tropes yeah profits from that ish then no thank you ma'am and and it's gotten to a point where i'll like look at something like i'll just see the screenshot and the description and i'm like nope yeah that's how i am like nope or i'll just turn i'll turn it off after like one episode i might make it to three if i can't if you can't hook me usually by the first episode it's oh it's a dead it's a lost cause for sure there was one quote and i this is how i'll my final thought and it's from that uh how the white gaze mistreats black witches Hollywood has always had a long tradition of furthering the racist belief of the inferiority of blackness and has not been exempt from aiding the demonization of black spirituality, along with the misuse of the erotic and demonization of our spiritual practices. Black magical identity has been utilized as a source of horror for the white masses. The lessening or ghettoization of the black witches or black bodies 
um, is my additive to that because we've talked about zombies and ghosts. Well, we haven't really talked about ghosts, but horror movies and like position as the final girl. Like my yes. our favorite movie, Demon Knight, where Jada Peek and Smith. Yes. Like I love yes. that movie. I do too. I was like, Billy, the whole time you were like, she ain't going to make it. Mm-hmm. She ain't going to make it. And, and then, then she, you were like, yes. She made it. And I love Billy Zane. Sorry. Yeah. Billy Zane was awesome. I'm that a, was one of his best movies. That was, yes. That was one of those. So you have two, fun, actually, uh, also who played the, the black woman who owned the, I can't remember that. I don't remember name. that actress. But the name. whole like the character list of that you had, even though she died, she was a uh, she was formidable. She was like formidable. she did not go down. She was the character that they they talk about where the monster has to fight. Yeah, them she, and, but, you, you were like she she was she went down swinging. But either way, it's like you have these. There have been, there's progressions and more and more people are creating black art and brown art and representation of our bodies in these spaces. And, and accurate representations of the practices that that a lot of them uh, practice. And I saw when you watch the documentary, there are I had to look up these directors, but there were two female black directors. And I'm like, I got to figure out what you're making because I'm you know, there's more and more interest. And it makes you think of um, when we talk about Octavia Butler and how she watched this movie and she was like, I could do better than that. You know, there's a lot more black and brown people who are saying I can do better than that or I right. can accurately represent us or give voice to or even K- <laughs> Casey Lemons who did Eve's Bayou which mm. I I love Eve's love Bayou. Bayou. Um but also where she was like, you know, she, female director and screen mm. she wrote the screenplay and it's like, no, you can make these movies. It doesn't matter if you can't find a studio or something. Like make the movie. Mm-hmm. If you have to and I remember Spike Lee saying something like that. He was like, if you got to get your own cr- you know camera, cam- camera and out and get your own crew together he was like do it make your movie mm-hmm. there's a lot of people you can find you can find a way but when you mentioned i just want to go back right quick but when you mentioned jada pinkett uh smith with uh demon night mm-hmm. about the director i believe he was talking about how it was kind of a fight for him to get her onto that project because he saw it and he said i saw her in i think minister society yeah and he was like and i knew i wanted her for this but i also knew it was gonna be a fight to get her Mm -hmm. because they wanted me to cast a white woman woman. of course and i was like no she was absolutely perfect for that role like for sure and just see a black woman make it to the end and that was an integral part of my childhood i was like yes like we can survive and Mm -hmm. it was like not doing any ridiculous foolishness but smart like thinking it through resourceful macgyver things like all these things and then she's doing opposite of the charming billy zane and it's like how can you you held it together girl you were fighting off this demon Right, and Billy Zane's character was like no pushover for sure. Like he mm. he incorporated that demon, and I was like, yeah, I was yeah. That's a good movie. It was. You should watch it. Uh, so and on that note, we'll end because hopefully there is not going to be any staticky, weird robotic noises from this uh, recording. So wish us luck. Uh, but next time we are going to come into Candyman, the Candyman can. I love this original movie for many reasons, but I'm also, we haven't watched the newer one yet, but we're going to, and I'm excited to see it. Well, we will talk about that next time. So until then, let's put these crayons back on the box later. Look 
for us on all major podcast platforms. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Music by Moon Apple XX. You can find them on Instagram as well as art done by Midnight.